Thanks, Daniel. Well, my name is Ron Cool, and I'm one of the pastors here as well, and I'd like to welcome all of you here uh, this morning as well. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to drive out west and to uh, go to Denver or whatever, or even better, to take I-70 out of Denver heading west through the Rocky Mountains. If you have, you know it is not showing up here yet. Just a second. Okay. It's really beautiful. Um, This is a night shot, um, and so a little hard. There we go. Nope, that's not it. Um, But it'll be there in just a second. Okay, now do I need to get it back? There we are. Yeah, whether it's wintertime or whether it's summertime, if you take I-70 out of Denver and you head into the Rocky Mountains, it is an unbelievable journey. It is so gorgeous. It is so beautiful. And, and if you've done it and you've driven through the mountains, actually, there's probably something you've noticed that, that uh, it happens anytime you drive through any mountains, whether they're, um, you know, the Appalachian Mountains or whatever ones you drive through. Uh, there's an interesting thing is, is that when you're driving through them this way, toward them, you, 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 especially from far away, it looks like just one mountain. But as you get closer, you start to see there are different ridges. But what you can't tell is how close those ridges are to each other. I mean, how far is it from that spot to that spot? Is it, is it closer? Is it further? And then how far to that spot? And how far to that spot? And, and then we keep going and all the way pa- up through there. You, you can't see it when you're looking at it that way. But when you look at it from the side, if you look at it from the side, then you can start to say, okay, now I can see. Now I can see how far it is from this ridge to that ridge. Uh, at the beginning, you, you, you can't make it out of, of where things are in relationship to each other necessarily. I, I mention all of this because uh, years ago, somebody said this is a great way to, to think about how it was for the Old Testament prophets. In our case, we've been looking at Isaiah, and, and, and we've been putting him here in, in like 700 B.C., and, and so Isaiah saw things that God was going to do in the future, um, but he couldn't always tell exactly when they were. And some things that he thought that looked to him like they were happening at the same time, we say, no, those, those were separated. And so if we, if we look at what Isaiah saw, uh, there are a number of things. And let me just kind of lay this out. Uh, in, in 700 B.C., Isaiah saw about 15, 115 years into the future, that first peak in Isaiah 39. We talked about that, that the people of Judah were going to be taken into exile, all right? And, and, and then he saw beyond that. Again, he doesn't know how far this is. It's hard to tell that when you're approaching it. But, but beyond that, if we go to 538 B.C. in Isaiah 44, then we see that, that he saw the return of the people to the land. In fact, in Isaiah 44, he named Cyrus, the king of Persia, the one who allowed the people to go back to the land. He, he saw something further again, and, and we talked about this in, in Isaiah 42 and 49 and 53, that he saw forward to the time of Jesus, all right? And, and then this morning, we're going to finish up with Isaiah because we're going to look at the final peak that he saw in Isaiah 65 and really from about 56 to 66, the last 10 chapters, 11 chapters of the book of Isaiah. He is looking forward to this event, to this moment that he describes in Isaiah 70, 65 verse 17 where he says, see, I will create a new heavens and a new earth. And, and so Isaiah, he, he sees all of this stuff. He sees the exile. He sees the return. He sees Jesus. But ultimately what he sees, and for us, uh, you know, is, is that it's the new heavens and the new earth, that God is going to make all things new, that God is going to recreate all things. And the date, I wish I could give you a specific one, but all we can say is it's still in the future. I was going to put a date up there and ask you for money, but I didn't think you'd probably fall for it. 
anyway, you know, so anyway, you know, I mean, right. And so Isaiah, it's just kind of helpful when you're thinking of reading the prophets to kind of recognize he's seeing these things. And I think my get for Isaiah, I think he saw that return in Jesus and the new heavens and the north kind of all close. I mean, I think he saw those almost as one event. But as we look at it, we know that there's a pretty long valley there between Jesus and the new heaven and the new earth. But I want to end with that, this series on Isaiah with looking at that, about God is the one who is the creator of the new heavens and the, earth, the new earth. God is the one who is going to make all things new. During this series, we've been asking, uh, kind of going through Isaiah and saying, you know, what, what is God like? And we've given all sorts of images. We said he's the judge, and we said he's the shepherd, and we said he's the servant who suffers, and, and we've given all of these images. And in some ways, the one we look at today is kind of a lot of the other things are there so that he can be this so that he can be the one who makes all things new, that he can be the one who will restore all things. And so this morning, we're going to think about heaven. We're going to think about the new heavens and the new earth. We're going to think about what God is going to do one day of what is yet to come. And, and I want to say three things about it, and, and I hope that they're all helpful for us, because it's, it's kind of hard for many of us to think about heaven and so on, and, 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 and it's hard for us to grasp what's going on with that. But three things I want to say. The first thing I want to say is this, that in the future, God is going to go back to the beginning. In the future, God is going to go back to the beginning. What God is going to do when he makes a new heaven and earth is he's really going to recreate. He's going to go back to the beginning and redo what he did the first time. It's interesting because the language of Isaiah 65 goes back to Genesis 1 verse 1. Let me show you Genesis 1 verse 1. The very first words in the Bible. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. One thing real quick on this. Um, the, 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 the terms heavens and earth doesn't mean that God created like two things. He created the heaven and he created the earth. It's what's called a merism. You can learn a new word today maybe. A merism, and that's when we use the edges of something to include everything, right? So if you say to somebody, wow, you look good from head to toe. You don't mean their head looks good and their toe looks good. You mean every part of them looks good. If somebody says, man, I looked everywhere for it. I looked high and low. You don't say, well, you should have checked the middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? I mean, you don't do that. That's not, you know, they mean everything. Heavens and earth, it's the extremes that include the middle, okay? So, God, you know, God says, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created everything. And everything was right, and all the relationships were good. Then in Genesis 3, we read about sin coming into the world. And then from that time on, starting in Genesis 4, God has been restoring things. And then here in Isaiah 65, what we see is God saying, See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. And in the Hebrew, those words, those three, created heavens and earth, are exactly the same in, in each of these passages. Barashamim Eretz create heavens and earth. They are exactly the same words. And so what God is doing is he's going back to the beginning. And in fact, if we look at the second to the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 21, it says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now this is in Greek, so we have to go to the Greek translation of the Old Testament. I know this is, but again, heaven and earth are the exact same as those words in the Septuagint in the Greek. So it, it, I mean, at, at the end, God is going to go back to the beginning which he said and talked about in the middle. So this language goes back, who cares? What difference does it make? Why is this important? Well, let me tell you why I think this is important. Because what, what, what this means is that it will be the current everything made new. For some of us, when we think about heaven, what we think about are clouds and harps and sitting around in church all day. And that's why I think I'm not necessarily wild about going. 
But what we have to understand is that when God creates the heavens and the earth, he's going to recreate what he created the first time. God created us to live in a world like this. God created us to live in a world with streams and rivers and boats and all sorts of things. God created us to do that. And when we get in heaven, it's going to be this same place. You want to know what heaven is going to be like? It's look around you, but then imagine it perfect. Heaven is not clouds. Heaven is not just sitting around and doing nothing. Heaven is, 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 is going to be a lot like this. And, and so what that means is that Lake Michigan will be there. Okay? It's just going to be warmer. Lake Michigan will be there. The Rocky Mountains will be there. The Grand Canyon will be there. All of this stuff, all of the most beautiful places you've ever been. Now you say, oh, how does everybody fit? Well, he can take care of that, okay? He'll make us smaller or it bigger, something. But, but you know, again, God created it this way the first time. And, and what he's about is saying, you know, in sin, everything got twisted. One day he's going to untwist it. I mean, the Big Dipper is going to be there. The, 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 the sun and the moon and the stars and Mars is going to be there. And Jupiter is going to be there. Uranus is going to be there. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Giraffes will be there. I mean, you know, sorry. Animals, whales, and elephants. And, and well, you hope. Yeah, anyway, um, you know, all the animals are going to be there. All, all that God created, it's, it, it's going to be what he created the first time around. The best news is Southern California will not be there. Um, no, actually, I, I, it will be, I think. It, we, it, it, most of the people won't, but no. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, but we get their sunshine, okay? Right. <laughs> It's too many of us, when we think about heaven, we have this idea of clouds and so on. No, God's going to create a new earth. God's going to create, it's, it's redoing what he created the first time. It's remaking that. It's, it's restoring that. It's, it's the current everything made new. And, and, and I think we need to recognize, Isaiah makes it clear, we will have things to do. We, we will have things to do. We're not going to just sit. Now, I, I think that when we see Jesus and we see God face to face, when we are with the Holy Spirit, we'll say, okay, now I can understand where I could worship 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that would be plenty. I, the, the beauty and so on. But God didn't create us just to sit around and worship him. He created us to do things. I think we have to recognize, again, there will be work for us to do there. Isaiah 65, 21 to 22 says this, they will build houses and dwell in them, they will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. God in the beginning created us to do stuff. We go back to again, Genesis 1. God blessed them. All right. There we go. Let's try it now. There we are. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God came, and we call this the cultural mandate. He told us to develop stuff. Adam and Eve got a garden, and he said, but, but grow it, teach it, develop it, engineer it, build roads, build governments, build all these things. And, 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 and so God created us again not to sit around. He created us to do. And, and so when we get to heaven, there's going to be stuff to do. There are going to be houses to build and trees to plant and, and, and roads to build and, and all sorts of things. We'll, we'll have things to do like work. This next one is interesting because, again, the Bible in talking about the future and about what heaven is going to be like and what the new earth is going to be like, um, it, it uses picture language. And so I want to be, I, I, I'm not saying for sure this next one's going to be there, but I think what Isaiah says is really fascinating because he talks about having and raising kids. Um, 
And, and I imagine how nice that would be when they sleep through the night. I mean, I, I'm assuming that if in heaven they would do that or whatever. And I know Jesus said, you know, that, that there's no marriage or giving in marriage in heaven, and so I don't know how this all works. But look what Isaiah says about, again, the new heavens and the new earth. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. The implication is that they're going to bear children, that, that, that in some ways it's a, it raises a question at least. Again, God created us to have kids. Will there be people having kids in heaven? For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Interesting to kind of wonder about that. I, I don't know, but, but again, it's, it's the, just I want to challenge you to think about it and say, you know, what God is about is about making this earth in, into the new earth. It's, it's going to be a restoration of what God created the first time. So we'll work, maybe have and raise kids. We'll play. Isaiah gives some hints. I want to go, Zechariah is so clear on this one. So Zechariah 8, verse 5, says, The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. Again, God created us to run and jump and skip and hit golf balls and all sorts of things, right? God created us to do all of this stuff. And when we get to heaven, it's not like we don't get to do that. No, we get to do it and it goes right. We get to do it and, it, and, and it's going to be full of joy. And, and, and so we work and we play and we have communities and all of these things. And, and, and so I, I, I just, you know, this first part, I just want to say, you know, in the beginning, God, in the end, God is going to go back to the beginning, when it talks about the new heaven and the new earth, it's, it's this one restored. It's, it's this one made new. Okay, I think that's a cool point. The next one is the one that I've been having more fun with this week. Okay, and, and it's this. God is not just going to go back to the beginning. God is going to go back to the beginning, but God is not just going to go back to the beginning. Look at this. Again, Isaiah sixty-five seventeen. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. And then verse 18 says this, But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create, for I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. Now we can start, say, what's, okay, so he's going to create heaven and earth, he's going to create Jerusalem, but what, what, what's the big deal? The fact is, here's what I think Isaiah is teaching us, and, and, and I'll show you in other places as well. But what Isaiah is saying is, is that at the beginning, God just created a garden, right? In the beginning, in Genesis, all we get is a garden. Then God gave that command to develop the earth. And, and, and what, what happens is this. Cities become kind of the representation of all that is organized, all that is built, of what, of what humans can do. Cities represent culture, organization, and development. So, so when God is saying that Jerusalem will be there, and, and again, in the beginning we have a garden, at the end we have a garden plus a city. I, I think what God is saying is that God is going to think about this, okay? God is going to include and perfect the best of what humans have created and built. Okay? God gave us that command to develop, to nurture, to do art, to do all sorts of things. And what God is going to do in the end is also have Jerusalem there. He's also going to have the city there. He's going to take all of the best of what humans have done. And we don't just go back to the garden. We go forward to a city. And, and all of that stuff is going to be there. In Isaiah 60, Isaiah, I think, talks about this and of all, all the nations bringing their stuff. Rich Mao wrote a book called When the Kings Come Marching In. And, and he talks about Isaiah 60 and this vision that Isaiah has of all these nations coming to Jerusalem, to Israel, to God's new earth city, to that place, and bringing the best of their stuff. Look at verse 5 in, in chapter 60 now. Then you will look and be radiant... Your heart will throb and swell with joy, 
the wealth on the seas will be brought to you. The riches of the nation will come. And it's not just saying, oh, you're going to be incredibly rich. No, what it means is all of the nations are going to bring the best of what they've done, and they're going to bring it to God and lay it at his feet. So you created us with this ability. You gave us the ability and the call to develop stuff. And even those that don't even recognize God, even those who didn't do it to honor God, are going to, our God is going to take all of that stuff, and he's going to bring it. Herds of camel, verse 6 of 60. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Sheba was known for its incense, right? That was the best thing they had. And they're going to bring that into the new earth. They're going to bring that into the new earth so everybody can celebrate it, so everybody can enjoy it. Verse 9. Surely the islands look to me, and the lead are the ships of Tarshish. Those are the traveling ships, the trading ships. They, they were the Phoenicians who went all over the world and who brought the best of everything around. In the lead are the ships of Tarshish. They're bringing your children from afar. God's people are brought home, but also there's silver and gold. And again, it's not just money. It's the most beautiful stuff. To the honor of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Verse 10, your gates will always stand open. They will never be shut day or night so that people may bring you the wealth of the nations. Their kings and kings like cities represent culture. Their kings led in triumphal procession. One more, the the glory of Lebanon will come to you. The juniper, the fir, and the cypress together, the trees. The cypress, the trees, the cedar in Lebanon, all of that stuff was the best there was. And so they're gonna bring that to adorn my sanctuary and I will glorify the place for my feet. So God is going to include, I think the Bible makes clear, uh, it's going to include and perfect the best of what we as humans have developed, what we've organized, what we've built. And, and, and so I've been just thinking about that this week, and, and I would encourage you, I really want to challenge you to think about that. I mean, the, the best buildings will be there, okay? The best buildings will be there. And so Googled it, and just think about it. I mean, the largest building in the world right now, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, They have way too much money. But it's 2,000 feet tall. And I just wonder if God isn't going to say, yeah, that's going to be one of my little kind of cottages that you can go to. Um, Because, I mean, think of the brains and the ability it took to build that. Staying in Dubai, the Al-Arab. I think that that's a hotel, and it's going to be just awesome. And that place up at top there, right there, uh, you see that there? Um, It's a helicopter pad, I think, but they're also, I think I remember seeing a PGA professional hitting golf balls out there. And so I think when I get to heaven, I get to do that, right? Because God, again, he's taking the wealth of the nations. He's taking the best of what is there, the Guggenheim in uh, Spain, the Guggenheim Museum. And this is one I'm going to be just fascinated about because I wonder if God is going to say, you guys who thought like these curvy, wavy lines were so cool, eh. Ron was right, it should be straight and narrow, you know. And so is God going to straighten it out or is he going to say, no, that's awesome? But just think about all these places. Kalua Lampur, the Patronus Twin Towers. The, the wealth of the nations, the architects, the builders, everybody's going to just come like on those ships of Tarshish and bring this to God. I wonder about One World Trade Center. And, 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 and even I wonder about the, the memorial down there, you know, the, and for our Canadian friends to the north, the Absolute Towers in Mississauga. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous. 
God's going to have a city there because he's going to take, he commanded us to develop and nurture and grow. And so the stuff you do today, think about it, God might be taking that and, and perfecting it and someday it will be what he intended it to be in heaven. And, and not just buildings like that, but other things. In Germany, I mean, this is a water bridge for water. It's over water, but it's for water. It's a canal. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a canal that boats can go down so they don't have to cross... I, I don't know, the water can't mix, I guess. Anyway, um, a, a, a footbridge in Malaysia. Um, I've never been there, but I'm going. Um, I'm hoping that God gets this, that this is part of the new heavens and the new earth. I mean, what an amazing place, you know, that is. Uh, to think about being out there, kind of hanging out in the middle of nowhere. This one is in France. Um, I could spend a lot of time doing these things. Um, you know, in France, there's this bridge the wealth of the nations, the, the, the city is there, and I think a Michigan sunset under Lake, the Mackinac Bridge. Um, we got to get somewhere to defend ourselves against the Upper Peninsula. Um, the best buildings, imagine that, on that, on that day when, when it's all made new, God's going to take not just the garden, but he's going to take the city, Jerusalem, and, and it will be a delight, and it will be great. The best music will be there. Most of it's going to be 70s and 80s classic rock. Um, it's, it's, no, I'm right. You know, God is going to take the best of that stuff. The best literature will be there. You know, it's not like these great stories, these epics that have gotten written and told. It's not like they're never going to be around again. But that's part of what God created us to do. He created us to tell stories. He created us to read stories. He created us to love stories. And, 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 and so in the new heaven and the new earth, the best literature will be there. The best road systems will be there. A big Sur in California, huh? R- R- Highway 1 going down the coast. Um, this is in China. The, I mean, that's a, those are, that's a mountain. That's a road in there. If you want to see, I mean, that's just awesome. I don't know if this next one's going to be there or not. I, it's, to me, that looks like it might belong in the other place. But um, the, the best road systems, the best political systems, I, I got no pictures on that one. The best sports cars, and if you need a deal on one of these, you can... Talk to me after the service. We can maybe do something. But, right, the best sports. Uh, Talk, and that's why I say, I mean, just at lunch today, maybe you want to sit around and say, what do you think when it comes to the, what sports are going to be there? What's going to be different about them? I mean, will the Lions not get bad calls against them in heaven, right? I mean, that's, it's, it's, God, God, it's, heaven is the new earth, right? It's, it's, God created us to develop all of this, and he is going to take, he is going to take the best of, of what human beings have created and built, and he's going to perfect it. So in the future, God is going to go back to the beginning. God is not just going to go back to the beginning. And then the third thing I want to say is it'll be better than we ever imagined. The, the fact is the Bible struggles with language in talking about heaven because it, 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 I think it's too good and I don't think we can imagine what it would be like when everything is going to be the way it's supposed to be. Uh, the fact is almost, the, the majority of, I think, biblical words about heaven are, it's, it's, it's what's not going to be there. And, and, and so the first thing that, I mean, when I look at Isaiah, when I look at other places, there's just no bad stuff, okay? I, I go back to Revelation 21, that one that we read already. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And, and the first thing is, it's no longer any sea. 
Now, that's not to say we won't go boating. What that means, the sea was chaos. The sea was always a threat. And so all that threatens is going to be gone. All that threatens is going to be gone. Look at what Isaiah says about this. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. There are no more tears on that day. Never again, verse 20, never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days. If you've ever lost a baby, God says it's never going to happen again. Or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at 100 will be thought a mere child. The one who fails to reach 100 will be considered accursed. Again, remember, it's poetic language. And so, again, we know from other places, nobody died. Once, once they're there, there's no death. And so, no more death or mourning, Revelation 21 says. So, you know, these are just pictures of saying, you know, those, those things that cause pain, those, those difficulties, those broken things, they're not going to be there anymore. They will not labor in vain nor will they build, bear children doomed to misfortune. A lot of what the Bible says, all right? Again, a lot of what the Bible says about heaven is think of the bad things that are here and it's not there. I can't tell you positively always what it is, but I can tell you this, the bad stuff isn't there. There is gonna be justice and peace, Isaiah makes clear, that there are things, it's just gonna be right. They're gonna be the way they're supposed to be. Isaiah 65, 22 no longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. This is robbery, right? This is somebody stealing or this is somebody being defeated in a battle. You know, and if I build a house and then I get kicked out of it because somebody steals or I get moved out of it because I get defeated in a battle or something, that's not going to happen. That, that's not going to happen. They're, they're, and I'm not going to plant food and somebody else eat it, take it away from me. It's going to be justice and it's going to be peace. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on, destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. No bad stuff, the presence of justice and peace. And, and most of all, this is the one thing we know for sure, is that God will be with us. That God is going to be just a whisper away, that he will be right there with us. Isaiah 65, 24, God says this amazing thing. He says, before they call, I will answer. And while they are speaking, I will hear. God is going to be right there with us. God is going to be right there with us. And so as we think about that day, as we think about what's going to happen when God makes all things new, it's going to be restoring the garden, adding the city, and it's just going to be better than we can imagine. And so as we finish up this series again, we've had all of these things, the Holy One, the one who uses us all the way through. And, and like I say, in some ways, this last one kind of brings them together. He is the judge. He's the one who does new things. He's the suffering servant so that he can be the recreator, so that he can be the one who makes all things new, so that he can restore all things. God will do that one day. He will make all things new. And so for today, two words as we close here. First of all, never give up. All right, never give up because God is one who makes all things new. Never give up because God is gonna, and and this is so cool when I think about, you know, when you feel like it doesn't matter if I do this thing. I think God promises in 1 Corinthians 15, I'm not gonna take the time to show you, but 1 Corinthians 15, 58, that God promises that whatever we do, he's gonna somehow redeem and bring into heaven. And, and I don't know if our, if our deeds of love done in his name that don't do anything on earth are gonna be flowers and trees in heaven or what. 
But I promise you this, don't ever give up because God is going to take whatever you do and one day, one day he will make it part of that new heaven and the new earth, okay? And so don't quit. And when you feel like it's just not going anywhere, know this, it is going somewhere. And someday that last peak that Isaiah saw is going to be here for us. And then the last thing I want to say is this, the future starts now. This is not just in some day. Jesus Christ came and said, the kingdom of God is here. It's not fully here, but it starts now. God is with us now. And we start to live as people in the kingdom now. And we start to live out the values of that kingdom. And we start to live out the way we treat each other. And we start to serve and we start to give and we start to do all of these things. And and God begins to bring his kingdom more and more into this earth. And one day it will come in its fullness. But tomorrow when you go to work, before you go and say, God, let your kingdom come through me today, right? The Lord's Prayer, we pray it. Whether you're teaching, whether you're in a factory, whether you're staying at home, whether you're, whatever you're doing, say, God, let your kingdom come through me today. Let me in my family, in my neighborhood, with my coworkers, let me be the presence of your kingdom. Because God, someday it's gonna be all right. But let me do what I can to be all right today and let others see your kingdom through me. And so the future starts now. It's not just some dream of then. Jesus has come, and we are waiting for the day when he comes back. And in the meantime, we live in that day. Let's pray together. Father, thanks for Isaiah. What an amazing prophet. What a gift. Uh, Seeing you, and and Lord, we, we wouldn't understand you if we didn't have Isaiah the way that we do. And so, Father, we just thank you for being holy, for being a judge, for being brokenhearted over a creation that went wrong. And Father, this morning we thank you that you are one who's going to make all things new, that you're not going to let this go on forever this way, but that someday it's all going to be right and there's going to be no more pain and no more death. And we're going to be there in the garden with the city and, Lord, give us a hunger and a passion for that day. And then help us to just pour ourselves out in this day because we know on that day you will make all things new. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You please stand to receive God's parting word of benediction. Again, following our service, if you want to pray with somebody, the prayer room is that side of the auditorium. There will be some folks in there ready to talk with you or pray with you. People of God, as you go from this place, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with you and with me. And may we know that one day he will make all things new. Go in God's grace. Amen.